We constantly hear leaders talk about mission, vision, and values, but what does that actually mean? How do these words come alive and get implemented into our teams and businesses? Well, we're going to find out today as we talk with experienced C-suite executive, Todd Evenson. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, everybody. Hey, Mark. How's it going, Ben? You know, it's good, but I have a dilemma. I need What's to... her dilemma? So my dilemma is what to do about my hair. I have quarantine hair. Oh, I usually have yes. my hair pretty short, but it's getting long. I do not have an expert in the house that could cut my hair. So I have to either figure out how to do it myself or ask my wife to do it. What are you doing about this important problem? Yeah, I'm just growing my hair out. You know, I mean, I'm I uh, had this hairstyle back in the early 2000s where I like flat iron my bangs, and I could like it was kind of like I could whip my hair, you know, and <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Um, at this point, I'm just gonna just ride it out, see how long I can go. I wish I had a Floby. Do you remember those Flobies from the 80s where it was like a vacuum cleaner? connected to a haircut thing <laughs> and then you could like suck your hair into like this you hook, hook it up to your vacuum and then you could cut it yourself <laughs> yeah they should come back with those <laughs> it just sounds the idea sounds painful i'm sure that it's not but it sounds painful yeah i cut my kid's hair i uh, and that was painful and he was like i would give this haircut place a one star rating i was like ow <laughs> i tried my best bro <laughs> that's amazing yeah so, hey, man, uh, do we have any uh, reviews or anybody saying anything about the Friday habit? We do. Uh, Be a signpost left us a review. And I'm wondering if people are starting to troll me now because they know that I read all of the uh, <laughs> punctuation out loud when I read the reviews. So this one says, helpful, period, insightful, period, powerful, period. Oh. Or HIP, as I like to call it. Hip. <laughs> Hip. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so they uh, they said that. That's the title of the review. Um, they said, I just found this podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm so glad I did. I had to go back and listen to all the episodes from the beginning. Wow. As someone, I know, I was, I was impressed to the dedication there. Um, as someone who just started a small business last year, I'm hungry to learn how to grow and sustain and pivot a small business through the unique times we live in. Thank you guys for this helpful, insightful, and powerful episode. Exclamation wow. point. That's awesome. So, yeah. I uh, thank you so much for leaving that review. And uh, if any of you are enjoying what you're hearing or if you find it useful, uh, if you have a minute, it'd be awesome if you could go to um, Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review, or um, you can do it in any podcast app you, you listen in. And it really helps us reach more people. So we really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Well, hey, I'm excited to jump into this episode. Uh, today, we have the pleasure of talking with Access.Mobile's president, Todd Evenson. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing Todd for the past several years. And uh, just I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this topic of mission, vision, and values. Uh, Todd has been recognized by Modern Health Healthcare as 
the top 25 COO in healthcare, that he's an expert in strategy, finance, performance improvement, communication, analytics, and research. I mean, this guy's a rock star when it comes to this stuff. Um, and he serves on several prominent boards, including the American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, and others. Uh, Todd holds an MBA from the University of Colorado and executive education at Hawthorne and Stanford. So, the guy knows what he's talking about. So, Todd, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> hey, Mark, what's going on? Pleasure to be here. You'll be happy to know I'm rocking the no-shave November kind of look for, in honor of the NHL hockey season that should be going on right now. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, sure. Well, Todd, you know, being a small business owner, you know, both Ben and I, you know, we have agencies and we have uh, small teams uh, and we hear these things being thrown around a lot. Um, you hear about people's mission statements and, you know, the vision for their company and the values. And so, you know, I think that something that it's valuable, but a lot of times I think that small business owners, they just don't know like why or the purpose. And, and sometimes we get caught up so much in the doing and, uh, you know, in the weeds of things that we don't have time to focus on some of these things that we feel are ancillary things that we need to worry about. Uh, and so I really wanted to just have a conversation with you about those things and just to kind of take a deep dive and understanding like what they are and then why they're beneficial. So, you know, really, you know, what, what are the differences between, a mission, a vision, and, you know, values? Like, what are the, the difference between those three things? Yeah, Mark, that's a really great question. And I think probably set up in the context of a little bit of background, you know, it was interesting as I started to consider our conversation today, I started, even went out there and started looking around articles as an example. And what I found was a tremendous amount of garbage uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I've had the privilege, the honor and the badge of honor, if you will, um, all the scar tissue included, uh, of being an entrepreneur. And it's really hard. And you bring up the great points that I think a lot of the times when we see things out there by very reputable sources like an HBR or something along those lines, I have to tell you, if I put my entrepreneur hat on, they don't really fit me. Mm. They, I don't understand, they don't fit where I'm at as a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can have a mission of change in the world, but if I can't cover payroll this week, it's way different and which is more important. So it becomes really difficult uh, to connect with some of those things. So I'm one, thanks for having me on the show today. I hope we have a great time, but back to the, that point, you know, when, when I, when I think through the kind of groups that you would be in your audience today, there's likely, you know, those entrepreneurs that are just at the beginning of the game. And I think there's one set of stories that that work well for them. There's another group that's likely these growth stage companies, you know, they, they've got some revenue, they're moving along, but now they're starting to add people. Well, then that starts to matter. But then there's also other folks that are very, you know, much along in their career, the business is in a mature space. And I think that's usually who a lot of the organizations write for. But, you know, if you were coming in as the new CEO of one of those organizations, you're kind of adopting what that mission, vision or value is versus I'll say on the other end of it in the conception or inception of a business uh, like a marketing firm, it's very different. So I'll maybe address the folks that all three of them first. And here's the brass tacks of it. Mission, vision and values uh, follow rules one through ten of great businesses, and that's follow the money. 
bottom line. Mm-hmm. So if you're a new business owner and you think about mission, vision, and values, and you're like, these don't apply to me, I'm telling you, this is how you get to money and make money. And I'm going to talk about that as why. Oh, I like that. So wants to talk yeah. About money. yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's really hard too, because think about why you became an entrepreneur. If I could put that hat on for a minute. Let's pretend you came out of an agency. Maybe you didn't like the culture there. Maybe you didn't like the work you were doing there. Maybe you didn't like the fact you couldn't work from home. Like, <laughs> that's back the old days, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but like, you didn't like you can work from home. You know, you la- so you left there and you said, hey, I'm going to start a business doing what, I, what I'm passionate about. Maybe I'm a designer and I'm, I want to be creative and I don't want those constraints. Those are all great reasons to start a business. But at the end of the day, the business has to have a margin for you to be able to be successful, right? And grow that. So when we think through of it in that lens, really, when I think about the purpose of the business, it also really depends on the size of the group of how you want to address it. So if I, if I thought about purpose is, in this context, I'm an entrepreneur, I really want to discover you know, who, what, and why I'm in business. And, you know, you can think through the vision as this aspirational kind of context of how you see the impact you're going to have. You can think of your mission as to, you know, the what or the the why we're going to do those things. But then I'll go one step lower. And I think this is actually how most entrepreneurs should start it should start with your values. So if you went out to you know, HBR and others right now, just using them as the example, I guarantee they're going to start with, well, first decide your mission or decide your vision, right? Well, as an entrepreneur, that's, that's not, really, not really what you need at first. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm. I think all of those, like a mission, vision, and values, how are they used in order to equate to money? And it's really kind of an articulation or a decision framework. It's an articulation of a decision framework uh, that can be used both internally and externally. So think of it like this. You know, Mark starts up his new company and he wants to have to start with a a mission or vision or values. I would say start with values and I'm going to tell you why. Hmm. One, the values are going to be the things that you're going to do and the behaviors you expect. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I know there's certain things when I've been in business that when, you know, one of my teammates did them or, you know, it really annoyed me or, you know, you know, you get that, you know, feeling in your stomach. You're like, oh, I just don't tolerate that very well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really a value to me. That's not a vision. That's not a mission. But as you start to think about those values, it's the things that are going to drive your behaviors of your first employees. Like, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of folks out there today want to work for an organization that, that inspires them, that has maybe a double bottom line of both financial as well as impact to society. But at the end of the day, you kind of need the same teammates, if you will, that likely have the same work ethic that likely uh, want to have the same type of integrity as you do, that want to be in a learning organization. I mean, I can go up and down the list, but if I was starting my business, I would start at the, I'll call it at the ground up approach versus the bottom, you know, top down approach, excuse me. So if I'm going to go out there and try to create some some values, like like how am I going to do it? And it's really, you know, a pretty straightforward process. Um, 
But this is the funny part. And I think all the folks that are on the phone can really appreciate this. And that's that words, words really matter. Mm-hmm. And I'll take that again, like words really, really matter. So when you think about like words themselves, um, you want them to be easily understood by the folks that you're trying to hire. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about the beginning of a business, you started personally, I think you said it well, Mark, at the beginning of like you started your business and you had this reason and passion why for yourself. But then you kind of need some people that amplify that mm-hmm. and that you can't you don't really have time to battle them. I'll be honest with you. You hire the wrong person and you're going to battle with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take that energy that is already be cons- consumed by the 25 other hours a day it takes to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you really need some folks that can match you. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be exactly like you, mm-hmm. but they have to be able to match what you value. Right. Now, they can't necessarily be obvious things either. You know, if I if I'm have a design company and I say my first value is, is that we're going to be creative, <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that's inspirational. And like, isn't that like the lowest common denominator? It's kind of right. like, wow, you guys are really gonna, something. Gonna uh, yeah, cool, right? But you know, if I started to say differences in words of adaptable versus flexible, they mean two entirely different things to me as an organization and as an individual, right? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the key things as I would do as an entrepreneur, I'd literally grab a piece of paper and, and start to think about the words that mean things to me and how mm-hmm. I can explain them easily. Now, why yeah. is that going to be important? Is, is You're going to hire for that. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, well, I was going to say that, you know, that's something that I've kind of done and I, I've kind of done an exercise of like, you know, what are my... Like, what are the things that when I think about that I really value, like, what are those things? And so, you know, for myself, yeah, I wrote down the words gratitude, you know, for like the simple things, like small, the small things in life, you know, whether Mm -hmm. that's just warm water or, you know, a vehicle that I can drive to and from work, like just these small things that allow me to just see the the positive side of life, you know? Well, I think that evidences itself well, if it was like, so say if you wrote down the four or five things, mm-hmm. these are the four or five things that of how you're going to hire your first employee. No different than there'll be the four or five things as you become a growth stage company of why you fire a certain person, because this will be a part of their right. performance evaluation. Right. Um, it'll also be maybe the points of, that you celebrate at the beginning of a meeting. So if we want to be a company of values, and that's true whether you're big, small, or medium-sized, you know, you need to do things that reinforce mm. that activity. Oh, man, that's good. You know, I, yeah. I never thought about that. And, you know, we, you know, we've hired a few people here now, and, uh, you know, we do this meeting every Friday, you know, where we, we talk about the business. This, you know, whole podcast essentially is about, mm-hmm. you know, this, this Friday habit and whatnot. But, man, when you just said that, it made me think about, you know what, I should really start meetings off, like, for instance, just with the word gratitude, right, is a value of mine. Like, why don't I start a meeting off by talking about the good things that happened this week with our different clients and the projects that we completed and stuff like that? Because then it just creates that mindset of of gratitude, which is a value of mine, which in turn is a value of my business. Well, and there's, there's so many different styles of management out there. Um, but I'm one in the firm belief that, you know, building a positive culture yields the best outcomes. And, you know, just imagine that staff meeting now, maybe you're 
you know, it's not, a, I think so often as a business, we focus on ourselves or the business, but imagine that staff meeting instead that you've picked off one of your teammates and highlighted a time they showed gratitude. So mm. it reinforces their behavior versus the behavior you want. And I think that's really something where you can drive towards performance and drive towards the values you believe in is, is when you're commenting on saying, you know, I saw you do this the right way. And I thank you for that. And this is how you showed your teammate gratitude, or you showed your, our customer gratitude. And then what you can do on the back of that again is, is, you know, if you're doing a monthly or a biannual performance plan, maybe they're only scoring three, you know, three out of five stars on that particular item. Mm -hmm. That can be the thing that you can easily have a conversation about, about an opportunity to grow versus a stick of a performance management plan. You know, so there's just different ways I think you can attack that. But but why do all those things matter? Meaning the, this purpose, this articulation or this decision framework matter? Well, internally, why do you want a mission and a vision and a value? Is because you want the staff to have a framework to make decisions when you're not in the room. So if you think about how you could approach this and pretend you're an organization saying, you know what, I want 500,000 customers at any cost. Well, you're not in the room. Well, what do you think that your staff is going to do in terms of importance because you put a measurement there? At any cost, it doesn't matter how satisfied your customers are. It doesn't matter the quality of output that you have. You just said all you want is customers. But let's just pretend then the other side of it is if all of a sudden you said, well, we're going to be an organization of gratitude that fills our customers' buckets so they can have enormously successful businesses. Wow, like that feels a lot different. And that would then guide them to how they would approach problems when you're not there. I love that. And that's one thing that's been interesting with my business as we do web design and stuff like that is we've had have these values of quality and customer experience. But every once in a while, those two things actually might conflict. Mm -hmm. So for example, if we're working with a client and they we believe, hey, you know, this is the best way forward for this website and we know this is the best quality decision as far as design goes, mm -hmm. but the client really wants something else, then which one wins? Is quality more important? Is customer experience more important? And we know we've decided to prioritize customer experience first. So we're going to give them kind of a heads up of like, hey, you know, we don't recommend this because of these reasons, but if you want it, we'll go ahead and do it for you. So I, I love that because it, it has helped clarify decisions, those kind of situations. Well, and now it's maybe more important than ever, you know, and my privilege of getting to lead teams and team members and trying to help their growth. I often talk to them about, you know, I don't want as the leader, the CEO, the business owner to be the bottleneck because you know how this is. It's not like, you know, all of us have, I can't pick up the phone or I can't email you back I, in real time. It's just impossible, you know, when you're getting, you know, 500 emails a day, 450 texts, and you have 15 hours of video conferences a day, you know, what's the room and space in the business? But I know amazing businesses that are extremely adaptable because the leaders have not only empowered their staff, but they taught them through the prioritization of values you had to where 
if that leader isn't in the room, at least 95% of the time, they'll have made the same decision, if not a better one than you made, <laughs> would have made because they're more informed. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream right there for sure. Yeah. Having your team be able to make decisions without you. I love that too, because then you don't necessarily have to have a rule for every situation. It's great to have flow charts. It's great to have like, hey, here's what we do in this situation. Here's mm-hmm. our process. But when things go off the rails, because it's always going to happen at some point, there's an un- unusual situation, mm-hmm. then they have something to turn to. I think that's awesome. So it's interesting when you think about, you know, coming up out of this approach I'm kind of pushing and that we start with values, then then at what point do you start to tip into saying, well, well, kind of, I, I, I need a mission now, right? And I think, again, I'll go back to my story of, you know, this is about being able to communicate who we are, both internally and externally, so we can make more money. So at the beginning of a business, you have to be adaptable, pliable, fast, follow the money. You know, at the end of the day, you can't like you if you have a client that, you know, you you can get work from, you maybe just need to chase that to keep the doors open. I don't blame you for that. If you're a mature business, it's all about communication across the organization and entity of what you value, of how you're going to do it and how you're going to get there. And that vision finally pivots into this creation of a North Star. That's the stuff at the end of the day that helps you get through the hard times. So I think that capacity for a vision and a mission to meet those needs down the road become very powerful. But the timing has to be right. And to think that you have to have that uh, mission or vision as a startup, I think is completely wrong. Hmm. I know I'll, I'll hear a lot of people tell me I'm full of crap on that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I was uh, going to say, like, I'm not 100% I agree with you, but I, I find it fascinating. I'm like, I'm like, I'm curious, like, from your perspective. So are you saying that you don't need a mission and a vision because the values are more important or just like it's, it's almost too soon to set your mission or vision? I think at the end of the day, um, it's about prioritization. Hmm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have them. I'm, right. All I'm trying to say is, is if I had a sequence and I wanted to be the most effective, the most right. adaptable, the fastest to market, the hmm. the capacity to make sure I hired the right people, had the right people on the bus, making sure I was honest about what the business was. Because I can't tell you how many folks I know that thought they were going to be a design company. But then what they realized is all the work they could get was writing copy. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) So you're like, okay, well, if I wrote a vision of saying I'm going to make the coolest graphics on the planet and all of a sudden now I'm just writing articles, like, didn't I just miss? Yeah. And most mature businesses don't pivot in that way. I see. So it's almost like having values allows you to be more flexible. If you get too set or too specific in your mission, then you're, it's not realistic for, for a smaller business to have a really specific mission in most cases because they need to be able to pivot more quickly. Is that kind of what you're saying? I, I think I have that sentiment. I'm not yeah. saying they shouldn't go through the exercise, but I know that the demands that I had and the prioritization I had when I started a telecommunications mm-hmm. business that I had. And I could have got sat around a table for a long time thinking and postulating, if you will, and, you know, having a hypothesis of what this mission would be. And, and I think those are all worthy exercises. I I don't want to diminish that. Mm -hmm. I just know that I know that how flexible and adaptable I needed to be at the beginning of the business. Yeah. Often the business changed a little bit and it changed so much that I think my mission did change. And I would have hated to memorialize that because once you did it, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. 
That's that's so true. And it's funny because I, I'm actually noticing that with my business too. So like, for example, I, the values are probably the most practical thing that we have to rely on here at Knapsack. Mm-hmm. I do, we do have a mission of helping people succeed at doing what they love. Love it. But it is one of those things where it is almost so general. Like I do, I, when I say that, like I know what I mean by that, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's like something like, oh, I can make decisions based on that. Like there's not, it's not uh, specific enough it is broad enough that it doesn't have to change all the time necessarily, but it's not a mission that you can get up in the morning and be like, okay, how do I achieve this? So it's maybe a little vague in a way. It's inspirational, but kind of vague. So I think that's kind of why it works for us. But I also feel like you're 100% right that it's not even really as useful as something like having the like the values are what we rely on as a small business. You know what I mean? And And it was probably five years before I even was like, what is our mission? And figured it out. Even though we're still small, yeah. it was like... I didn't know what it was at first. Like I was doing Squarespace websites, I was doing graphic design, and I was doing interior design. Like I was just like, what am I doing? I'm trying to make money and help people out. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is interesting because I think unknowingly, I, I've been on this like journey. I feel like I started off with values, you know, like the gratitude and you know positivity, things like that. Where I'm like, all right, as I'm hiring people, I want to share my values with them to see if they similarly connect with those values, and if they do, then they can jump on my train because I know that I won't have much headbutting with them because we kind of value the same things. And then vision, I think I'm in this area now where I'm kind of discovering this vision of we want to be somebody's marketing department. Our vision is that we can be an affordable alternative to having a super expensive in-house marketing team. So we can create the content that a company uses to market. And I think that's like kind of like the vision. I'm in that stage where we're kind of massaging all that out. And then I think mission, I think I'm still on a place where I'm trying to discover like what is our mission. So I think it's just interesting. All this is I think you bring up a good point. You know, uh, at the end of the day, when you think about your values, it is important you write them down because it should be pretty much the only, so just pretend you have five values. Those should be the five values that you're asking about interviews. I mean, I can teach anybody to do calculus. I can mm-hmm. teach anybody to create, do programming. I can, those are all learned skills. Um, but, you know, remember, you know, I, I think we're all like this in a certain way, or many of us. If I come in and work for you, I probably see you eight to 10 hours a day, you know, and I probably see you more than my family. And that matters because that relationship has to be good. And if there's a misalignment there, then you're in real big trouble. So, you know, if, if I thought of somebody who was putting a business together and they're deciding to hire their first employee, I would take and create my four or five values. I would think of a question that was specific that would illustrate that value to me, whether they have that value or not. And it's not that they need a five out of five, if you will, at that point, but it sure means that they should be on a pretty good path on most of them, right? Or at least where you can see like you could help that person grow down the path. But then the mission, you know, if you will, it was interesting. I always, you know, you think of it like Simon Sinek. I mean, you can watch a lot of his videos and he'll talk about the why and he'll talk about the Wright brothers you know, and they had this belief, you know, and that's how he said the reason was, is I believe that I'll use an example in, in a marketing agency. I believe I can uh, have an organization that effectively supports businesses of all types successfully achieve their business results. Bang. That's my mission. Right. 
my vision is, is that, uh, you know, what I see into the future is where I'm a great partner to in-house teams that can complement them for the high intensity work. You know, I mean, I can start to pick off those things where I think start to share those ideas with folks and then they'll Mm -hmm. understand again. So if I was a customer and I knew your mission was, is to help me be successful because you can flex up and down with my business because you can bring in and talent at any point that I would normally have to hire as a W-2. That's a mm-hmm. big deal. So you have this really flexible, adaptable, agile. I'm thinking all these cool words, yeah. you know, that buzzwords. Yeah, that can be Todd, really I successful. Think you're, I think you're writing my mission statement <laughs> right now. What's happening? <laughs> Grab the guitar. Let's do a sing-along. I like it. <laughs> you forgot synergy. You know. yeah, yeah. Synergy. That's oh, right. who would have? That's, yeah. that's right. We're going to have a breakthrough. <laughs> I love it. So, all right. So we have values. We have our vision. And then, you know, we kind of have our mission here. Mm-hmm. How does someone, I think I innately started down these paths without even knowing. Mm-hmm. I think logically the values seem to develop themselves. Like that seemed like a, Right. I didn't know this, but I just felt like, okay, that's a, a great place to start. So that, that happens. I mean, is there any type of way other than just Googling mission, vision and values? Like how do I start? So if I was going to do it again, it comes down to really simple things. I'd answer like the who, what, when, and where kind of questions. Right. And you know, where and when aren't necessarily consequential, but if I said who it's really about the behaviors of the business and that's the values. And I just gave a simple example of like, let's just sit down and talk about the things that make your stomach hurt, mm. you know, and that you will not compromise on. Mm-hmm. And if you stick to that, you'll be just fine. The question is, is then as you think about how does that change as you change in terms of business at the beginning of the business, if it's just you, you decide what you like. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. The challenge is you hire your first person. Now you have to start to think about how other people view the values of the business and the culture they want to be in. So you have to become more inclusive at that point. And then I think finally, if you go all the way to that mature business, guess what? You probably need to sit down with teams and you need to sit down with the organization and be very collaborative. And it's going to be slow. It'll be difficult, but it's all worth it. But that, pro- that can be a year-long project for a lot of organizations, just deciding what their values are. Mm. So that's the... It, as you think about it increasing in size, I would just say start with kind of that size of group that you think you're that you are today and then be considerate of, you know, what kind of inputs that you're going to need. You don't start as an entrepreneur. I mean, I didn't anyways. Maybe Mark did this or Ben, but, you know, they had, you know, 401k match and then they had like eight weeks of vacation. And yeah, Ben's doing all those. Things. I, I know he did, you know, and all the board retreats or, you know, right? <laughs> nailed it. Right. <laughs> so, so well, he's you, got, you know, $2 million a year coming in. So he's just like, what do I do with all this bring money? It back. Way to bring it back. I like it. So <laughs> you should see Ben's People face People are going right to be now. like, dang, the yeah. knapsack's crushing. Yeah. So, uh, but my point being is, it's like, you didn't start the business that way. And I guess that's the argument I'm trying to make. You didn't start the business with all those things. But that's why I'm saying, take it easy on yourself when it comes down to this mission and vision statement and maybe approach it from another direction as an entrepreneur. Because you don't have to have it all to be all of those elements to say, this is why my business is successful. Mm. Love it. Actually, I wrote down some takeaways. If uh, it, Is there anything else, other questions you want to ask Mark before we kind of jump into some of the takeaways? No, I mean, I think that 
I think this was very educational. I think it was also very encouraging because sometimes yeah. I, I feel like I do get down on myself because I don't have these clear mission vision. Stay positive, values. boys. <laughs> I don't have them printed out on my, you know, everyone's cubes and like, you know, doing all that stuff. So I feel like, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm not too far gone and I have time to like discover these things and fine tune all this stuff before I set them in stone. Yeah, so... It's interesting you said, you know, your mission and, well, I think you said kind of overall, like, why do we need mission, vision, and value? So you said, why do we need that? It's so we can communicate internally and externally to help you make more money. So I think that's super interesting. It almost makes me think, like, until you figure out your mission, your mission should be to make money. And then later you can figure out a more specific <laughs> mission. I don't know. I'm not putting words in your mouth. But Maybe it always is that. Yeah, yeah. I said rule one that. to 10. Yeah, yeah. Rule one to 10, make money. I think that's something everybody could understand. It would be very clear and very short. So I'm just, just saying. No, this is, this is great. I, I wrote down some thoughts and some key takeaways, at least for myself. So you talked about starting with your values, which I think is really interesting and makes a lot of sense to me. And you basically said the values are behaviors that you expect people to have in your business. And it not only, it probably comes from you partially and the, what, what makes your, I think you said something like what makes your stomach hurt. Like if, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's things like, Oh man, if we put out something that's not good quality, you're going to be like, Oh, so that's kind of something that's like, okay, then maybe I care about quality. That might be one of my values. So I thought that was really good. I think they, you said they need to be understood by the people you hire. They need to be why you hire and fire. And one of the things I really liked that you said early on was at the beginning of meetings, being able to highlight values and celebrate those things. I think that's genius. I think that's a really good takeaway. Is I'm going to start doing that. Is just be more conscious of like, hey, what's a great experience we provided this week? And what's something really high quality we did that I can bring up and, and give everybody a high five about? I think that's mm-hmm. really smart. Yeah. I also really liked... It's a way to call, not not to negatively call it. I think you said kind of like, hey, this is a room for improvement. So putting a positive spin on it, but saying like, hey, identify opportunities for improvement using your values. Like we talked about, it provides a really good framework for making decisions, which is cool too. And even when you're a small team or even maybe you're just a solopreneur, having your values identified and just kind of knowing deep down just really will help you if you know what their priorities are then it just simplifies every decision that comes by because you can even fall back on that yourself if you don't know, gut decision, what should I do? So I love that. A couple other quick takeaways towards the end here I thought were really good. The idea of asking questions in an interview um, that align with your values. So I like the idea of maybe even crafting a situational question. Hey, if this happened and it was between this and this, like which thing would you do? You know, and it's like, oh, well, they cared more about the customer experience. So that's that makes sense. So I think that's a really good takeaway. And I'm going to try to do that next time I interview somebody is to kind of break down my values and have questions that align with each one. Not like, do you care about quality or do you care about this? You know, but something is crafted to actually get down and see what they really think. And then I really also like the idea of making your mission short, clear, and answer your why. So that helps me really understand like what a mission is because it needs to be short so that it's easy to remember, clear, so people actually know what it means. Don't use too many buzzwords. Don't, don't use things that could be misunderstood easily or they get too complex and just make sure they answer, answer your why. So that's what I got out of it. Mm, that's awesome. Todd, thank you so much for being on our show. I know that our listeners got something from today because I know I got something from today. So I really appreciate you being here and giving us your time and um, just being a part of uh, the Friday Habit. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. 
So you can go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. There you can also find links to our websites to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can also download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. That's right. And remember to live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>